for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Hub at 7.30. Well, Simon, it's an absolute joy to have you. Um, I know you're going to... Um, be blessed and will be blessed. I want to say at the end, we've, we've got a prophetic team and I, I've asked the prophetic team if they've got anything from God for you because I know you value the prophetic. We have got some stuff. If, um, if, it's, if the meeting needs to finish at 11, which it does, the prophetic team will gather around you. And, but we really want to make sure that um, it's a two-way thing today. So can we give them a good gateway welcome? Andrew, you can go down here. Down here. Thank you. Am I on? Yeah, good. Morning, everyone. Morning. Uh, my name is Simon. Uh, thank you, Graham and Sue, for welcoming me here today. I'm a fellow Leicester person, so it's good to, yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, normally, I'm based in Camden in North London. Uh, I've been living there for 17 years with my wife. I, I couldn't bring them along today, so I bought photos of them. That's Natalie. Uh, Natalie's from uh, Frankfurt in Germany. And uh, we've got three young boys. Uh, this is Jonas, who is six years old, Felix, who is two and a half years old, and Elias, who is eight weeks old. So if, I, uh, if, if anything I say is unintelligible, or if I spontaneously yawn, it's nothing to do with you at all, but it's to do with the little one in the middle, because uh, he's keeping us awake quite a lot at the moment. But uh, that's my family. I wanted to bring them along to meet you, but getting them all out the door for 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning is quite an achievement. So... Unfortunately, it's just me and photos of them today. Uh, so I'm uh, an elder at Revelation Church in London. I've been attending there for the past eight years. Um, I also uh, run my own business. And I partly work for the church. Uh, I travel all over the world teaching communication skills and consulting. Um, and then in my spare time, as Graham said, I'm going to be planting a church into Frankfurt. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how it all fits together either, but it will. I trust God. Um, and uh, I know as a church you hold the prophetic word about planting into the Eurostar line closely to your hearts. And as Graham said, Frankfurt's going to be joining uh, the Eurostar potentially 2016 or 15, depending on when all the engineering is sorted out. Um, and I know Graham's really got a heart for wanting to support, and he's been a wonderful support so far. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, I wanted to come here just to meet with you all, really, and to ask for your prayers and continued prayers as we plant into Frankfurt. Uh, we, we're leaving London four weeks tomorrow, having been there 17 years, so it's quite uh, nerve-wracking, but uh, we're really excited as well. Um, so as well as talking about Frankfurt, which I'll be doing a little bit later on, um, I'm here to talk about the Kingdom of God in your place of work. Um, and I was really excited when Graham asked me to talk about this topic. It was, it was a surprise, but a good surprise. <laughs> Because um, being self-employed and running my own business, I'm passionate about seeing Christians in the marketplace and you know, thinking about the presence of God we've experienced here this morning, taking that into places all over the world, I think is a, to me is a really exciting concept because as believers, we're carriers of the Holy Spirit and God lives within us. And uh, it doesn't just remain a nice feeling here on a Sunday morning, but we take that with us into schools, into workplaces, into the playground, into our homes into coffee shops, wherever we go. And uh, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, well, actually, it lives within you. And, uh, and so for me, it's really exciting to be able to think about what could happen or what would that look like in the marketplace or in your place of work. 
And when I speak this morning about place of work, um, if you're not you know, in, a, in a job or you're working, then think of it wherever you spend your time. Because um, we all work in various formats. My wife, Natalie, is currently working at home, and I know from looking after the boys, that's certainly often harder dealing with three young kids than it is dealing with some grumpy executives in the city. Uh, I don't envy her at all. And, uh, and so wherever, I'd say workplace, just think wherever you find yourself most of the time. Um, it's an important thing for us to consider because we spend most of our time working or in places of work. Um, and I think it's rich of opportunity to be able to shine light and to be able to be salt in different environments. It's a really exciting opportunity. So um, I wanted to start off talking about workplace a little bit because most people, when they hear work, uh, they just think, oh, Monday morning. And especially on a Sunday when you think about work, most people are like, oh, I've had the weekend and I've got to think about going back to work now. So I just wanted to start off by looking at work from a biblical perspective um, because it's actually a good thing. It's not, it's not something to be dreaded. Um, and a good place to be able to look at how God views work is to be able to look right back at the beginning. Um, in, the last, well, in the last chapter of the Bible in Revelation, the last couple of chapters particularly, and in the first two chapters of Genesis, we get the first glimpse of creation when it's not tainted by sin. And so it's good to be able to, if we're thinking about work, to be able to see, well, what did it look like in the beginning? What was God's intention for work and workplace? So I just want to quickly look at uh, Genesis, a few passages there, just so we can understand how does God view work and workplace. So I'm going to read this with you. First of all, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I like that line. The creeping things that creep on the earth. Uh, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the reason I'm reading this is to see from the very beginning there was something to do, particularly these two words here, having dominion and be fruitful and multiplying is a good way to describe perhaps how we see the earth now, but without the bad bits. Um, An instruction to be fruitful and multiply and to procreate and also to have dominion over. Um, But development, agriculture, city life, culture, discovery, we could read all, all involved with God's original plan. Work was there, there was something for us to do. Uh, If we go a bit more specifically into Genesis chapter 2, God says, uh, The Lord Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And this again was pre-sin. It's a description of what God had asked man to do. Come into the garden to work it and to keep it. And those two words, to work it means to to serve the land. So in a way, Adam and Eve were serving God by serving creation. And keeping in it means to kind of hedge it in and to protect it. And to look after it. So again, before sin came into the world, man or mankind was charged with serving and protecting. And, uh, and so in paradise, there was work to do. There was uh, service and maintenance and there was an engagement with creation. So uh, what does that mean for us? Why, why am I telling you this? Well, it means that originally, as in God's plan, there was no negative association with work when you think of your Monday mornings and perhaps dread it. Uh, when you think of all the backbiting and 
negativity and stamping over each other that is so associated with the workplace now, that was never God's intention. In fact, it was going to be a very fruitful affair and it was a way that we got to engage with God, to glorify him through our our, um, involvement in creation and with each other. And it was a wonderful, beautiful thing. There was no negligence or mismanagement or mistreatment, all those things that we see in the workplace now. So it's vital for us to see when we think about the kingdom of God in our place of work, that um, work is not a result of the fall, it's not a punishment, uh, it wasn't part of sin. Um, work was part of God's original plan for us as human beings. Um, now that may just spoil your whole idea of uh, heaven for some of you, and you may think, you know, you may look to new creation as a kind of long-term retirement, you know, eternity, just floating around on clouds and doing nothing. Um, but unfortunately, I don't believe that scripture teaches that way. I think that, that we will be meaningfully involved in fruitful activity, as we, see in, uh, as we saw in Genesis, pre-sin. And, uh, and I think, to me, that's a more exciting concept. You know, if you think of eternity and you're just like care bears bouncing on clouds, that, that could get potentially boring. Whereas you think, wow, we're going to be walking in the presence of God, being, you know, in relationship with God without hindrance and somehow being involved in whatever new creation looks like and engaging with it and enjoying it and and our work is reflecting God and glorifying him. Well, to me, that sounds like an exciting concept. And so when we think about God in our place of work now, then it's an opportunity for us to glorify God and to reflect him into a world that sees him dimly, if at all. So what does the kingdom of God look like in the workplace or place of work? Um, Well, it's got to look different because we only have to look at the life of Jesus and we see that his life was very different. He went about uh, literally and figuratively turning the tables a lot of the time and um, doing things that were totally countercultural. And um, we look at it as like a bit of an upside down world, but really it was the right side up world because when Jesus came in and, and lived a life before God, listening to God, obedient to God, faithful to God, we see him changing things, people, environments, all about him. And, um, and I think that's the opportunity for us. Um, Jesus asked the question, what does the kingdom of God look like in Luke 13, 18? I don't know whether you've looked at this over your past couple of weeks at all. Not yet, good. Um, so Jesus asked the very question, what is the kingdom of God like? Which I thought is a great starting point for us when we think about what might the kingdom of God look like in our place of work or wherever we find ourselves. And he said this, uh, to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of a mustard seed that, took a man, uh, that a man took and sowed in his garden and it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden and it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Um, Now, as with some of the parables, there's always a bit of mystery as to what was Jesus talking about there. Um, But undoubtedly, Jesus is referring a little bit to his own ministry, something from small beginnings, growing, and, um, you know, into a huge ministry. And he was talking about himself there. But equally, as believers, I think that he is referring to you and the impact that you could have in the environment that you find yourself in. Um, To me, it's a real encouragement when I think about this passage because it means that if I'm a single person in my workplace or if I'm a single person going into the playground to pick up my kids, I might be a little mustard seed, but there's potential for God to use me and to have huge impact for his glory. 
It means that if you're in a workplace and you're the only believer, and sometimes it, it can be quite isolating and you can feel quite exposed, it means that God can use you. And as we sang earlier, God is with you. Um, and if God is for you, who can be against you? And this, this is a wonderful picture of how God can use small things, i.e. individuals, um, to do wonderful things for his kingdom. And the Bible is full of mustard seed stories um, in the workplace. And we're going to look at a couple in a second. What I also love about this picture of the kingdom of God is this image of the tiny seed growing into a mustard tree. And if you've seen a mustard tree, it's something that grows really fast and it's quite big in comparison to the side of the seed, which is why some commenters uh, think that Jesus chose the mustard seed there because you look at this tiny, tiny seed and it, and it produces quite a, a big tree. And uh, with lots and lots of, it's very thick, densely populated tree with lots of branches. And Jesus is giving this picture here of birds coming in and nesting and to me that's like a picture of um, refuge and safety and shelter Um, and it's a lovely picture again you think about yourself wherever you find yourself at school at university at work in the playgrounds God can use you to be able to bring a place of refuge and safety and fortress and to point to the one who is rest himself and um, I know from being in the workplace that lots of people need rest Lots of people need refuge. Lots of parents I meet in the playground are looking for peace and a a place of knowing. And um, we have the wonderful privilege of being able to point to the one who can provide it. And, uh, you know, picture yourself in your workplace. You might be a single person, but Jesus can use you to be able to talk about him being able to give a place of rest and of safety and of refuge. And it's a wonderful, wonderful picture. There's lots of um, examples of mustard seed stories in the Bible. I'm just going to pick a couple that I think relate well to a place of work of God using individuals for his purpose and for his plan and for his glory. And as, as Christians, if you're a Christian here, we often think of it kind of a bit the wrong way around. We think, well, we've chosen to put our faith in Jesus and you know, we've welcomed him into our lives. Whereas in actual fact, God's about something much, much bigger than that. And um, he's welcomed us into his plan, and he's invited us into his story. That's actually me going on for a lot longer than our own lifetimes. And I think when we think about how God can use us, we think, wow, we can serve God in part of this big story that he's inviting us into. And he's, you know, his plan is evolving and, and um, rolling out before us. Um, and uh, you know, rather than just our little lives thinking it through that perspective, we think, well, God's included us into this really exciting story. We've been swept up into this glorious um, yeah, story about Jesus. And we, are, we can look now in the workplace and think, wow, we can include other people into this story that we've had the privilege of hearing about. Um, I love the story of Joseph um, as an example of a man in the workplace. Um, he was a good mustard seed example, a man, you know, a, a boy who was a shepherd, and um, you know, God used him for incredible things. And going from a shepherd on the fields through to being in charge over all of Egypt, it's, a, it's an incredible story. Um, but for me, it's a wonderful example of a man who was very diligent, who was very faithful, regardless of his circumstances. He trusted in God. He held on to God with all that he had. And um, even when you know, he was in prison and he was in really dark moments, his hope and his faith was in God. And for me, sometimes when I'm in an office um, you know, and I think I'm the only one there and nobody might know Jesus, I, I think you know, it's an encouragement to think about 
people like Joseph who, you know, they, they heard God and they trusted God and they believed that God had a, he believed that God had a plan and a purpose for his life and he wasn't going to let the outside world dictate that. He chose to instead hold on to God's promises, like Graham was saying earlier, because God said, I'm going to hold on to it and believe it to be true. And it's not your job to make it happen. That's God's job. It's your job to hold on to God with all that you can, to believe in all that he says, and, to, and to, for him to be your rock. But uh, for Joseph, he, he was just really steadfast. I'm sure you're quite familiar with the story. Um, but uh, one thing that sticks out for me for Joseph is that he was a guy, as you know, who um, interpreted dreams. And um, there was a time when he was in prison. If you've ever seen the musical, there was two people he met in prison, the um, cupbearer of uh, the pharaoh, and um, who's the other person? The baker, the baker and the cupbearer. I, I was trying to think of the song then to remind me of it. <laughs> the cupbearer and the baker. And um, they both had dreams and um, God gave Joseph the interpretation of the dreams. And then um, the cupbearer was released and went back to Pharaoh. And then it, the Bible says that he forgot Joseph and forgot, forgot the fact that he interpreted the dreams. And then there's just a line in Genesis there that says, and two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. And um, for me, you think about Joseph, you know, we, we, we think of the multicoloured coat and the songs on the West End stage, and we think about him being used mightily by God over all of Egypt. But you don't often remember that, you know, he had two years there where we don't know anything about it at all, what happened. Just says, and for two years, Joseph was in prison. And um, you just think, think about the times when you think, God, are you there? God, have you remembered me in my workplace? God... I, you know, can all these people I'm trying to witness to, are, are you going to do anything? Are you going to use me? And, uh, you know, I think to Joseph, who for two years, you know, in probably horrendous circumstances, darkness, in the grounds, no one to talk to, and yet, you know, for two years he clearly held on to God. I'm sure he had moments of doubt and moments of, you know, being a bit wobbly, but uh, for two years he held on to God. And, um, and God continued then to use him. And, um, you know, he's just someone for me who just, just held on to the dream, held on to what God said. And um, even in those dark, dark times, he was just diligent and just had a, had a simple faith that, God, if you said you're going to use me, if you promise that you're going to use me to be salt and light and an encouragement, um, then I'm going to choose to believe that and not, not worry about my circumstances. And, um, you know, even if you're in, in kind of what seems to be quite a dead-end situation, God can turn it around incredibly. Um, just quickly, a bit of my story. I, I, um, my background was, I've got a very mixed background, not, not a very straight career path. Um, I started off in banking. I then, I then made wedding stationery. I then worked for a, a government body called uh, Business Link. Um, but at, at some point in my career, um, I got married um, 10 years ago this year, and... Um, I needed to get a proper job because what I was doing at the time wasn't really bringing in much money. And um, I'd left my job as a graphic designer and we moved and I was going to get married. And um, I thought, right, I need to get a proper job, but I haven't got a clue what to do. And I looked around trying to get jobs in design, which was, had been my background, and I didn't find anything. And I was, I was feeling pretty hopeless, to be honest. I thought, God, there's nothing. I don't actually know what I want to do, but I, I do want to serve you and I love you. So I'm, I'm just trusting that you're going to guide me here because I haven't got a clue at all. And um, I tried lots of, I got lots of interviews, nothing came about. My last hope was I was looking on Gumtree. I don't know if any of you are aware of Gumtree. I mean, it's not the most prestigious place to look for jobs, I have to tell you. It's usually where people sell their rotten old furniture that they want to get rid of. Um, but I looked on Gumtree and um, I found an advert 
for it was a, a, an admin position, a maternity cover position, um, and they were being cheapskates by advertising on Gumtree because they didn't want to pay for proper advertising. So I thought, well, I don't know all that said about the company. But I saw this advert and I thought, well, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And I, I'm a firm believer of if I move and my heart's for God, then I'll trust that he'll direct my steps. You know, that's what the Proverbs tell us. And, you know, if you're static, I think it's quite hard sometimes for God to move you. So I thought, right, I'm going to apply and um, see what happens. And obviously, I was majorly overqualified for this position. Um, You know, it it did humble me quite a lot, because I thought, well, I've got a degree and I've got all this experience. I don't need to go and do an admin maternity cover position. Um, But, you know, it was a good lesson for God to say, just if you trust me, don't look at what it is. Um, and you know, for me, that was a big lesson. And so I got I got this job. It was only six months as well. That was a thing. It was a short term thing. Obviously, maternity cover. It's quite a short one. And um, so I got the job. They 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 did kind of say, why on earth do you want to do this? Because it's just quite boring office stuff. And um, you know, you've got this seemingly exciting background. And um, I said to them, no, I'll do it. I'll, I'll be diligent. And um, even if I, if I get bored, I will do it. I promise. And so I got the job. Which, uh, which was good, which was a blessing. Didn't play much at all and didn't really have many prospects. I haven't even clue what the company did, to be honest. And um, I started... <laughs> it's not great research. But um, I got the job. Um, it ended up being this um, company, like a consultancy that delivered training programmes to businesses. And, um, you know, my job originally was to be like a PA to the managing director. So, which is why I love Joseph a little bit, because I kind of suddenly found myself being the, the, the PA to, to this woman. Um, and I ended up having to organise her entire life. It wasn't just work. It was, I became her like personal secretary for everything that she ever did, um, including arranging dinner dates with potential partners and all sorts. But anyway, um, so I did this job, and I was, I was thinking, God, are you, are you sure you know what you're doing here? Because... <laughs> This doesn't really fit, you know, with my kind of... How does it look on my CV for a start? You know, just doesn't match up very well. And, um, and so I, I thought, well, no, I, I, really, I do believe God's told me to do this, even though it, it pretty looks like... It looks like there's no opportunities at all. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I, I did my six months, and um, the, this lady who I worked for found that I was pretty indispensable because I organised her whole life. Um, so she said, oh, would you stay on... Um, to, past the six months just to help help me organize my life a bit more and I said yes sure but then as I got as I kind of got there she, again a bit like um with the Joseph story she said oh, I, I think you could probably do a bit more than what you're currently doing and started giving me a bit more responsibility and um eventually she, she said well, would you like to try kind of going into the consulting side of the business rather than the, ad, the back office side the admin side and I said well I, I would love to but um, I haven't got a clue what you do and um, normally, you know, they had this criteria that you had to meet to go into that side of the business, and you had to have a minimum of 10 years in, you know, like a, a blue-chip bank or some big organisation. I said, well, I haven't got that at all. She said, don't, don't worry, you give it a go. And um, anyway, so I, I did. It worked out very, very well. I ended up staying for five years in the company um, from really the lowest paid. Um, I, I, at the point I left, I'd, I'd won uh, Consultant of the Year, for two years running, um, I won a trip, all expenses, myself and my family to New York, because we worked, I, I um, worked on the, the biggest, most profitable client in the whole company, and it's not a massive company, it was about 600 people, but, um, and then I left and started up my own company, doing what I'd learned there, and um, 
when I think now to what I'm going to be doing in Frankfurt and what I do gives me so much flexibility and enables me to go on and plant a church in Frankfurt, which is where I have quite a lot of good client relationships. I think, wow, God, your plan is incredible. I would never have thought that one up. Um, yeah, but, and at the beginning, I just thought, there's nothing in this job. But there really isn't. It's, it's dead end. It will be dull as a dishwater. And um, it doesn't, doesn't look great on my CV. But God used it incredibly to, to show me that if I trusted in him and trusted that he had a plan, he could just, you know, that he could use me. And, and, and the Bible says that, you know, your gifting will make way for you and God will raise you up at the appointed time. And um, God really did. I didn't, I didn't push, push hard, but God just made this path. And then when I look back now, 10 years later, and I think what, what my career permits me to do for God, it's just incredible. And um, I've just had so many wonderful opportunities in my workplace to be able to be a, you know, to be a believer in the workplace, to be able to pray for people in, um, in Canary Wharf, you know, in the high towers. And I love going, I love going into buildings, very corporate buildings that are really stuffy and horrible and pray. I always get there early and I, and I always ask if I can go in the room early so that I can go in there. Um, like I said earlier, because I think if we're carriers of the kingdom of God and I'm there, then something's going to change. Some, something's going to happen because God is here. And um, I love going into the tall towers of like capitalism and just worshipping and praying. And I put my music on before the meetings start and I worship and I pray. And I just choose to believe that God's going to do something because of that. Um, you know, and I've had, I could tell you loads of stories about how I've had opportunities there. But um, I just wanted to tell that as an encouragement, really, because I think God can, can raise you up. And God's plan is the best plan. It really, really is. Um, and I know that the workplace really needs people. Um, one, one other thing that Joseph, um, I like Joseph for, is that he, God, God used his gifts in the marketplace as well. And one thing I've learned is that if I'm called to be a, a pastor or an elder in the church, then that's who I am in the business as well. That's how I am when I meet people on the streets. That's how I am when I pick up my son and go and see other parents in Costa Coffee. Um, whoever God's called you to be and however God blesses you and, and, and gives you gifts, well, they're not just for in this school hall. They're for there. And I've learned slowly that actually I'm, I'm to be a pastor to the marketplace as well as a pastor to a church in Frankfurt. Uh, and the way that I listen to God and try and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and, and look to pray for people in church take that into the marketplace and it is beautiful it's a wonderful opportunity because i'll tell you what the world needs it and wherever you wherever you find yourself wherever your place of work or study or whatever you do in the daytime if you can take something of god into that place god will open up the door god will cause you to you know go and pray for a person or to be listening out i remember um julian adams if you know him um, once said to me that just just be sensitive as you're walking down the street as you go into a business as you go into the school as you go into the coffee shop just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you know if you get that feeling you think God I think you've got something here just ask him what, what can I do for you here what, who can I pray for who can I go and speak to and you know it doesn't have to always be profound things it could just be showing kindness and love um, because I think the kingdom of God in the workplace is just so opposite to what I see you know, if you think you can go into a place and speak words that will build people up, if you can be encouraging to people, if you can look out for people who are on the fringes or outcasts for whatever social, ethnic, whatever reason it is, if you can look out and just as Jesus does, goes, goes after the one, goes after the one that's stranded, goes after the one that's on the edge, 
and um, be Jesus in the marketplace, then it's just it's such an opportunity to be salt and light. It really, really is. Um, and Jesus really was the best example of what the kingdom could look like. Um, wherever he went, things changes. Talk about a man of integrity. Jesus was the same in the temple as he was on the street when he met the woman at the well or was you know, just walking along the road. Jesus was Jesus. And I think at the very simplest level, if we think about the kingdom of God in our workplace, just be who God has called you to be in the workplace and he'll do the rest. Point to Jesus as, as uh, you yourselves have found him and um, he will make way for you. Um, we see Jesus you know, wherever he went. We've been singing this morning about God of the miraculous. Wherever he went, things changed. Eyes were open, limbs grew, the lame walked, the blind saw. And um, equate that to wherever you find yourself. You just think, well, God, what if? What if you did that in uh, Citibank in Canary Wharf? What if you did that in the day centre that I go to? What if you did that in the school playground as I'm there? What if you, Holy Spirit said to me, go over to that person and pray for them? Well, it's possible. It's what we've been singing about again this morning. It is possible. God does and wants to use you in such a way. And um, you know, his kingdom... Is, is within us, and he wants it to break out in every single arena, wherever you find yourself. And, uh, you know, Joseph and Daniel and Esther, all these people we could talk about in the marketplace, were only forerunners for Jesus, who really was just the one who showed us, look, look, what, it could be like. look, look what it could look like when kingdom comes on earth, when you live a life of obedience, listening to God, following the promptings of the Holy Spirit, asking God, what could you do in this circumstance? Who can I, who can I speak to? Who can I pray for? Um, a very quick example of my wife, uh, from my wife, who's, you know, she's a full-time mum, but her place of work is wherever she is with the kids. Um, and this week, we, we're selling off furniture and stuff because we're going to Frankfurt and we can't take everything with us. And um, she's selling it on Gumtree, good old Gumtree. It's come around again. And um, she, we had one lady email us and say, oh, I want to buy this table on Gumtree. And Natalie... Um, got the email, because she said, she, she, there was just a line in there, she said something like, oh, I've, I, I, I can't really afford to buy a proper table, but I, I do need one, because I'm trying to set up a business, and um, Nasty, when I got home, Nasty just said to me, oh, I got this email, and she sounds like she's really in need, do you mind if we just give her the table, and we, you know, forget selling it, I'll just email back and say, look, we're Christians, you can have the table, it's okay, and um, so she did, that was, this is this week, she emailed back and said, look, we're Christians, we just want to bless you, God, you know, and we believe God's saying to give you this table. And we think, well, there's nothing to it. Anyway, she wrote, writes back this email about this long. And um, she said, well, I've never, ever been to a church in my life. But this week, on Monday, and, and bearing in mind we had the email on Tuesday. On Monday, she said, I said, God, if you're real, then you need to meet me in my house, in my flat. Because I'm too scared to go out. She'd been suffering from real heavy depression. Um, she, she got this idea to start a business and she said, God, if you're real, could you help me start and could you come and meet me in my flat? And, um, yeah, and, and so for her, a Christian, people saying they're Bible-believing, Jesus-loving Christians have a table. She was like, you are real, <laughs> you know. For her, that was all she needed, yeah. So she comes over on Wednesday to pick up the table. She stays for four hours and Natalie gets to share the whole gospel with her. And um, she's coming to church this afternoon <laughs> for the first time in her life. Um, and that's just because I think, you know, just, just Natalie dared to choose to believe God that she's hearing 
and that you know God could use her in that situation to be a little mustard seed, which for that lady turned into something incredible. And um, I think for all of us here, there's lots, lots of ways that God could use you wherever you find yourself, whatever your place of work might be. And um, you know, God's there ready. He really is ready to use you. But just, you know, just encouraging you to be able to, to look to him, to ask him, to say, Jesus, how can I represent you in, in my place of work? And um, you know, if you know Jesus, you know he's all about transforming and changing lives. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, he's all about transforming and changing lives and turning round circumstances that look impossible. And you think, there's no way you could ever help me out. There's no way you could ever hear me in my room on my own without telling anyone. And God says, yes, I can, actually. I, I know your circumstances and situations, and I can turn it around. And if you just believe in me, I'll show you. And it's a really beautiful thing. Um, so just finally, last couple of minutes before I go, uh, last example of um, trusting in God. So this Easter, I was, we were just on holiday with the kids, and I said to, we just dropped Natalie, the boys off a play date, and I said to Natalie, I'm just going to walk around for a bit uh, just to pray while you're with the kids and um, at the time, we were buying a house in London, and I was going to take on more days at Revelation Church. I was doing two days a week, and I, I was going to take on a bit more. And I, I went for a walk, and um, when I came back, I said, Natalie, I think God's just spoken to me about moving to Frankfurt. <laughs> and um, it totally bolted out of the blue. It really was. That was not the plan. You know, we were going to stay in London for longer, and... Um, and Natalie's never wanted to go back home, ever. And every time I've even hinted at the idea, she's just said, no way, I do not want to go back to Germany. And uh, this time, she just went, oh, okay. I think there might be something in that. <laughs> so I said, look, you go, you go and pray. And, um, and she did, and, and very quickly she just said, I think you're right, I think God wants us to do that. And not, and not. So it was like an about turn from what we were doing. And often I find this, that... You know, you have to. One, it's one thing to you be open to God, but it's another thing to be able to go. Whatever you say, I'll, I'll do it, and it can be quite nerve-wracking. Um, so we, I put it to the other elders in the church and said, "I think God's saying instead of staying here, I'm go to Frankfurt." And I got them to pray, and you know, they came back and said, "Yes, we really believe that that's of God." And um, you know, at the time we said, "Oh, well, let's let's put it out to." to some of the other guys, to Mike Betts and some of the team and see if, you know, they get excited about it and to Graham and, and um, we'll see, you know, in a few months' time what the response is. Anyway, within about a day, everyone wrote back and said, yeah, Frankfurt! So um, we very quickly started looking and exploring it and, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's come around now. We, we're going to be going in four weeks' time. Um, and, and, again, my job permits me to be able to just pick up family and relocate in Frankfurt. I'm just going to be flying back and forth a little bit in London and trusting that God knows how to work that all out. I've not got a clue. Um, Frankfurt is often... Oh, it's right in the middle here in Germany. Um, it's an exciting city. It will, as I said, going to be on the Eurostar line. Um, most people think of Frankfurt and they think of sausages. Um, it is known for its sausages. It's got very nice sausages. But um, as well as having good food, it's a very important uh, strategic city in Europe. Um, Germany's, you know, one of the biggest economies in the world now and really influential. Frankfurt itself, fifth largest city in Germany. It's got about 700,000 people in the city centre there. Um, about 180 nationalities. It's a very, very multicultural city, um, which for me, um, as a church planter, 
which I assume will be, is exciting because you think, well, if there's loads of nationalities there and you can preach the gospel to them and then there's potential for them to go home and to take it to their nations, well, that to me is really, really exciting. Um, what else about Frankfurt? It's the largest uh, financial centre in Europe, home to the European Central Bank, so it's got a lot of influence. Um, the richest city in Europe by um, GDP. So it is an important city. It's very influential across Europe. A lot of people look to Germany as a nation. Um, it's a big transport hub. Um, and Well, beyond all that, we're going because God told us to. I really haven't got a clue <laughs> what's going to happen or what it looks like. But uh, it's another step in the journey um, of saying, I'll follow you, God, and wherever that wherever that means, then uh, I'll go. So me and Natalie and um, our three boys and a few people have said they would like to come along with us are going to be going to Frankfurt and setting up a church next year. Um, And I hope that God will continue to use me in the workplace there and I'm excited about that. Um, Slightly scared at the same time as well. But I've got got to learn the language more than I currently am able to speak it. Um, But all that will... All that will happen. So I would really value your uh, prayers and support ongoingly. It's really a privilege to be able to be here and speak to you this morning. So thank you for welcoming me here. And um, yeah, I'm going to hand back to Graham now. Thank you. You really spoke to people. Is David Hutter here today? David, 